0: As a leader, you're responsible for setting the example for your people and the organization you represent. Now, one area that will stifle any leader's growth are those dreaded blind spots. Now, most of us would agree that these are things that totally need to be addressed. But how do you discover blind spots? I mean, aren't they, by their very nature, things that you can't see? Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and the answer is yes. Yes, it is true that you and I can't see our blind spots, but others can. Today's conversation is with Lyle Wells, president of Integris Leadership. And over the next 25 minutes or so, you're gonna hear how Lyle helps leaders accelerate their influence by leveraging the people closest to them. It'd be safe to say that everyone listening in is uh, pretty familiar with Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram. Uh, but set us in a solid direction, if you would, if you, if you could, you know, please unpack what a 360 review is and, and also maybe, you know, what it isn't.
1: Yeah, let's start, Steve, with with what it isn't. You know, I, I think there's two words that, that most of us have a little PTSD around. One would be feedback, right? When somebody says, hey, Steve, are you open to some feedback? That usually never goes well. Um, <laughs> you don't leave feeling great. Um, And the other is 360 because uh, a lot of people see a 360 uh, as a test uh, or they see an assessment as a a label uh, or even a license. And that's where um, uh, I'm so glad you asked this question. You know, whether it's your results on DISC, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, it's not a label. Um, It talks about some tendencies that you have. And it's certainly not a license. I mean, I, I have... Worked with people who think that, you know, hey, I'm an Enneagram one. That means somebody's going to cry in this meeting, and it's not going to be me. Uh, or I'm a high D, and that means I don't deal with details. I just power through. I'm visionary. I'm driven, uh, and so I don't have to turn in my credit card receipts. You know, the goal of a 360 isn't about how good or bad you are. It's how can I get better. And the reason we love a 360, Steve, is that it it paints a full picture because you and I have blind spots. We have blind spots in our behaviors. And so um, the goal of of our assessment is it's behavioral, number one. So it's not personality-based. So it's looking at the specific behaviors and how you're demonstrating those, uh, and then the impact those demonstrated behaviors are having on other people.
0: That's very helpful. So transitioning a little bit into the, the process and what someone might experience when taking the assessment, you know, could you unpack that a little bit, dig into that? And then uh, what goes into the results on the other end? We believe that leadership is about behavior. So ultimately
1: it's our behavior that influences other people and drives outcomes. I mean, I can tell somebody I care deeply about them. I could even, you know, uh, write it in words, send gifts, whatever, but ultimately if my behaviors don't align with my message that I care for you, people aren't going to believe it. Um, you know, I can, I can have a vast amount of knowledge, Steve, or have a skill set, but if, if my behaviors don't create trust in you as a business partner, as a client, then um, the likelihood that we're going to have a long-term relationship doesn't exist. So leadership is a behavior that influences others and drives outcomes. So our assessment is 300 adjectives because adjectives define behavior. And so we've linked these adjectives to specific leadership behaviors. And so it's a simple process. It takes a person, as you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. But at the back end, they see not only how they see themselves, but how other people see them in those very same behaviors. So it creates a process of really three simple steps. The first is awareness. We say, I've got to know it to grow it. So um, what is my self-awareness and how are my behaviors impacting other people? The second step is then action because we believe that if nothing changes, nothing changes. Um, We've got a pastor friend in the state of Texas that he says, you know, expecting different results with the same behavior. That's like driving around the cul-de-sac of stupidity the scenery is never going to change. So if you want to have different outcomes, if you want to have different influence on people, you've got to demonstrate different behaviors. And then from awareness to action, once we start to change those behaviors, Steve, we start to see an acceleration uh, in our impact uh, and our influence on those people's lives.
0: What I experienced was I sent it to I think five or six people, and they mm-hmm. filled it out um, describing me, and then I get the the results back. So then um, I was I was a little confused. I know that you 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 help walk me through this, but when I took the assessment, I was a little confused by my results. The scales were different than I was expecting, and uh, I think I was actually in my own way to a certain degree. So if you could uh, you know talk a little bit about how you coach people through the results and the categories that the assessment covers, I think that would be, that would be helpful for folks out there that might be like me that uh, maybe misinterpret things along the way with this assessment. The
1: first thing to understand is that the goal of any coaching process is to align your behaviors with your desired outcomes. When I come into a coaching relationship with you, Steve, my goal is your success. You had some preconceived notions Uh, some strong opinions about how your behaviors were impacting other people. And you got some data that was a bit in conflict with that, which is okay. Um, Again, not good or bad. We just found some simple gaps. And uh, what we want to do then is align your behaviors to close those gaps. So again, it's not a dramatic shift. We coach under the idea of compounding behaviors. Simple changes over time yield big results, right? Compounding behaviors. McDonald's, they're the number one gross revenue restaurant in the world. Now remember, nothing on their menu is more than $10. Nothing. And yet they do $37 billion of annual revenue every year. Small behaviors, very few people spending more than $10 but executed over time is going to yield big results. So we looked at you and we said, let's think of some small behaviors that you can execute over time. So we look at a person's urgency and intensity. How do they value their time? We look at nurturing. How do they relate to other people? We look at criticality, their ability to see and solve problems, their risk-taking. We look at the way that they process feedback and information both internally and from others. We look at dominance, their need to control. We look at deference, their willingness to comply, their need for change, their need for order, their need to persist. So it's a fully-orbed sense of you know all sorts of behaviors, both how we internally process some things, risk-taking, criticality, feedback, and some of our overt behaviors like How organized are we and how well do we use our time? And so that we take that whole picture and try to try to help each leader individually move toward their desired outcomes. Remember that as a leader, we want to possess both credibility. Can, Can I move the dial on whatever it is? For you, it's sales. For me, it's influence. But credibility, can I move the dial? And then influence, do people want to follow me? Every scale in our profile, we look at credibility and influence that the leader is having.
0: You've already shared a couple of stories and I'd like to hear uh, some, a couple more stories if you can think of them, you know good or, or not so good. Uh, what have been some surprising situations you've been in when coaching teams? You know what, what are some uh, stories of, of this process going completely sideways or you know what teams did to make it go really well? There, there's one recipe for
1: disaster, uh, and uh, the only time I've seen these processes go sideways is when um, the, the leader isn't willing to own their behaviors. So if you think about a three-step process, Steve, the first is you gotta know it. And so you, 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 you get truth-tellers in your life. You have your, you have your teammates and your friends complete your profile, and you get this information. Now, that's knowing it and knowing it is pretty easy. I mean, if I want to know how much money I have, I I log into my bank account. If I want to know how much I weigh, I step on a scale. If I want to know how fast I'm going in a car, I look at a speedometer. That's easy. The second part, though, is owning it, because when we get information that we don't like, our tendency as humans is to defend or justify or blame. Um, You know, I step on a scale and I don't like the number. Well, I blame my wife for making such good food or I, you know, blame (laughs) the holidays or I blame my age or whatever. Or, you know, when the cop pulls me over for going too fast, I start to defend and say, well, everybody was passing me. So owning it is the real key. And so the only time I've really seen these processes go sideways is when a leader is unwilling to own the information that other people are trying to share with them. So we want to know it and then we want to own it. And then ultimately we address it. And so um, those are the fun stories. Those are the great stories. When somebody gets information um, that uh, uh, maybe they were surprised to get a little bit like you, but they, 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 they took some time, um, you know, they maybe talked to some of their mentors, maybe they prayed about it, but they took some time and they ultimately owned it. And then we saw amazing things, um, and so I mean, I hear stories not just of of you know leaders who are having a huge impact uh, on their businesses or on their teams, but things like guys who who have told me, "Hey, listen, the 360 really helped me in my work, but it transformed my marriage, or it completely changed the way I engaged with my children." Um, I realized that you know I knew this about myself for for decades, but until I saw it in print, I wasn't really too I wasn't willing to own it. And it made all the difference in the world. I exist under this philosophy. I don't think anybody wants to be average. No third grade child ever goes to career day and says, I want to be a middle manager, I want a cubicle, I want to work hard for 35 years, retire to Florida and go to, you know, and go to Denny's for dinner at five and watch Wheel of Fortune go to bed. <laughs> Nobody says that. You know, kids want to be superheroes and they want to be pro athletes and singers and actors. And, you know, and so along the way, people get stuck or they get scared. And that's the goal of being a great leader or a great coach is helping people get unstuck or creating enough emotional and social security so that they can push through those fears and see what's waiting for them on the other side.
0: I love this stuff. So this is. Get me all kinds of fired up again. Um, so you see leaders in te- and teams in a, in a very particular setting. So I'm interested to hear uh, if you could tell us uh, some of your most impactful lessons that you've learned about leadership during your career, I think that could be uh, insightful and maybe you know pretty impactful for those of us listening in.
1: First is people think it's complex
0: right they they think leadership
1: is for a chosen few uh, you know uh, somebody like you who's got great charisma well of course you're a born leader but i'm i'm a little more introverted I'm, I'm not really wired to lead i don't believe that i i think all of us have influence all of our behaviors influence others uh i got on an airplane yesterday the way i behaved influenced the person sitting next to me even though i didn't know them the way i behaved influenced the flight attendant even though I'd never seen her before. Our behavior has influence. And so the first thing is that it's simple, right? That that it's uh, taking ownership, responsibility for our behaviors. We get to choose to be kind or not. We get to choose to be gracious or not, or patient or not. And so I think that's the, the first really two lessons summed up in that one is it's simple and it's a choice. I think the other thing is that The great leaders, Steve, that I've worked with have ridiculous routines. They do the same high impact behaviors over and over and over again. One of the best things that I've ever learned is to have a top five as a leader. So so here's my top five. Um, Every day I wake up and these five things are going to happen. Number one, I'm a a Christian man, so I'm going to abide. I'm going to have a quiet time, a prayer time. Number two is I'm going to sweat. Uh, The fittest man I know is in his 70s. He's a guy I used to work with and his fitness philosophy is sweat every day. So some days I run, some days I walk, some days I lift weights, some days I swim, some days I jump on a bike. I just my goal is I break a sweat every day. So I abide. I sweat. Number three, I love. There are some relationships that matter more to me than any other on this planet. and So I'm going to invest intentionally into those relationships, my wife, my children, my team. The third thing is I'm going to advance. That's my wiring. I'm wired to take something and make it more. So I'm going to advance an idea and write every day. I'm going to advance uh, an idea and teach every day. So my, my fourth is to advance and my fifth is to learn. I think that that when leaders stop growing, their organizations start dying. I'll say that again. That's a tweet or a tattoo. That's good. When leaders stop growing, their organizations start dying. And so every day I'm going to learn. I'm going to have a conversation with somebody smarter than me. I'm going to read, you know, and again, um, I may only read 10 or 12 pages. I mean, I was I was busy, you know, traveling yesterday. So didn't have a lot of time, but I'm going to learn something new every day and I'm going to record it in my journal.
0: So every day I have at least one daily lesson. That top five is worth the whole time. So you might as well go back and write that stuff down uh, because that is, that is great. Uh, that is powerful and, and uh, practical stuff that you just laid out. Thank you so much. Um, I'm interested to hear what have you maybe learned about yourself during the process of, of conducting these 360 reviews of taking the 360 reviews, anything that you haven't already discussed. Uh, lessons learned about yourself along the way?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing uh, that I've learned, Steve, is um, uh, I've been with a lot of people uh, at the end of their lives. And um, I mean, it's been, I mean I've, I've been privileged to be with both my parents before they passed away, um, uh, with other relatives and, and friends. And, you know, when, when, when people get to the end of their lives, they only regret two things. They regret not loving the people closest to them better, and they regret the chances they didn't take. And, and the sad thing is is that most of those chances were not, you know, extraordinary. I, I wished I had tried to go to space or something. It was, you know, I, 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 I wish I had tried to be a teacher. I, th- I think I always would have been a good teacher. You know, I, I felt like I had a book inside of me and it never came out. And, you know, and, and I think that's tragic. And so, you know, I'm trying to live my life with as few regrets as possible and help others do the same. And so, um, you know, I think that one, one of the great lessons that I've learned is the things that I envy now, um, if I don't address them, I, I, I'm going to regret them later. So when, when I was a young parent and I saw fathers who had great relationships with their sons and their daughters, I envied that. I'm like, I want to be that kind of a dad. See, and if I didn't address that, then later in life, that would have become a regret. I see, you know, people who, you know, envy people who have managed their finances well and now have some choices later in life. Well, you know, I realized very early on, if I don't, you know, and I'm not a wealthy man, but, you know, um, I've got some freedom to do some things because um, I made some choices early on that I, I wouldn't have regrets um, as I got into our empty nest and and as I look down the road, I don't believe in retirement, but I have choices about what I wanna do with the rest of my life. What you envy now, Steve, if you don't address your regret. And then the, the last thing I would just say to you is, you know, I think everybody ought to have a mission statement. I mean, that's, that's in every leadership book you read. Um, my mission statement is to equip and encourage Leaders for greater impact. I mean, that's what I wake up to do every day. That's why I feel God put me on this earth. But I think everybody also ought to have a process statement, right? So your your, your mission statement is, is, why do you exist? Your process statement is, what do you want that to look like? Or how do you want to exist? And so my process statement is, I want to do really hard things with people I care deeply about, and I want to have fun doing it. So I want to do hard things with people I care about and have fun doing it. And so, um, you know, those two things, you know, you know, I, I want to live life with few regrets and help others do the same. And I want to do hard things with people I care about and have a great time doing it. Those have been two really impactful things for my leadership journey. Um, that, uh, I think, uh, I would share with every human being. Um, if, uh, um, if they ask. And you
0: did. <laughs> well, um, that is very, very helpful. Um, and I'm glad that you opened that up a little bit. And the mission statement and process statement, I don't think I've ever... But I, I've definitely heard people talk about uh, mission statements and uh, you know, life goals and life missions, but I don't think I've heard anyone couple those together. But um, you're staying on, on message that you want to align your behaviors with the desired results. Well, if you have this desired result, um, what's the process in order to get there? so that makes sense, mission and process, uh, coupling them together. So um, is there anything that I missed so far in this conversation, and uh, where can people engage with you from here? Well,
1: well Steve, I think first off, um, you've done a great job preparing this. I do a lot of these, and um, very few have been as as well uh, outlined or, have I felt so well prepared for. So thank you for that. You. Um, I'd love to engage with people. Um, there are really a couple of ways. One is just hit me up on email. Uh, my email is Lyle, L-Y-L-E, at Integrus, I-N-T-E-G-R-U-S, dot org. Um, our website, Integrus.org, if you want to see a little bit more about how we engage with individuals and teams. And then on, on Instagram and Twitter, it's simply at Lead with Lyle. I post oh two or three little leadership nuggets, you know, tweets or tattoos, we call them uh, every week, uh, occasionally, um, as my thoughts get prompted, uh, something a little bit longer. But uh, that'd be also a great way to, uh, to stay connected and to continue to, continue to enrich uh, some of the, the
0: framework that we established today. Well, Lyle, um, thank you so much for the time. And, and those of you that are listening, I'm going to put, uh, make sure that the, um, the the information that Lyle just shared will be in the show notes. So make sure you scroll down to the show notes, um, connect with Lyle, whether it's Twitter, uh, Instagram, or on, uh, on LinkedIn, and then shoot him an email if you're interested. Lyle, thank you for taking time for this um, even again in this conversation, you've impacted me personally. And I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of people listening in here that, uh, that grab a ton of value. So thank you so much for, for doing this.
1: Well, it's been my, my pleasure. It's a privilege to work with you, Steve. Hungry leaders are my favorite people on the world, and you're both. So thank you for letting me be a part of this today.
0: Takeaway and action item. Now, this is difficult. It's particularly difficult because there was so much packed into that conversation. But if I have to choose one takeaway, it would be this. I need to align my behaviors to get the desired results. So do my behaviors align with my beliefs or the desired outcomes? It's a heavy one. Action item. I have got to write out my personal mission statement. Mission, as Lyle said, is why you exist and process is how you fulfill that mission. Now to close out our time together, I have an ask that's a little bit different than other episodes. So if you did enjoy this conversation, here's what I'd like you to do. Go to ccbtechnology.com podcast, click on this episode, and when the episode page loads, copy the webpage address and paste it into whatever social media platform you have the most influence in. Now I focus only on LinkedIn for social media, but CCB and every interviewee are on multiple platforms so don't forget to tag us when you post we love the encouragement and it helps spread the word about what we're doing here and if you enjoy a different episode just do the same thing it's fun to get everybody else involved until we meet again from all of us here at ccb thanks for listening